0: Welcome to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Michael Davis, and we are two nights away from a historic AEW Revolution pay-per-view, and we're two nights removed from a historic AEW announcement by Tony Khan. While Raw is historically bad this week and AEW is making moves, there's a big swing in the world of professional wrestling. Let's get started. March 23rd, 2001, Vince McMahon and WWF buy their competition, WCW. And what, 21 years later, Tony Khan on March 2nd, 2022, buys Ring of Honor. What does that mean? Okay, I'm glad you asked. So AEW buying ROH means that, first of all, there's no talent under contract right now. They released all their people from their contract, and the talent were able to sign with any company they wanted to um, as of this hiatus announcement back in November, December time frame. Um, but Aew, if you don't know, a lot of their talent have gotten their start in wrestling or really made a name for themselves in Ring of Honor Wrestling, uh, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, Jade Lethal, you know, is a big part of that and building the ROH brand. Like we can go on and on Red Dragon. uh, We got the Bucks and it was a really big part. And of course, like we can't even forget that AEW really started in ROH. You know, they had the all in event in Chicago where they sold out this arena, 10,000 seats. So. All in was basically ROH, you know. So Tony Khan had this great quote. Um, of course, Tony Khan buying ROH from Sinclair Broadcast Group. He was quote saying, Ring of Honor's influence on modern professional wrestling is etched permanently in the history books. And this acquisition ensures that its legacy will be kept alive and treated with the utmost respect. So I believe there's two directions you can take with this quote. And like many quotes, a lot of them are up for interpretation, if I might say. So one side of it is, okay, no talent are under contract. Do we keep Ring of Honor wrestling alive? Like, do we put on ROH shows? Potentially, yes. And my theory with this is, if you look at the AEW roster, it is massive right now it is huge okay uh aew has so many guys under contract right now and as long as wwe keeps releasing them or guys are making their name known in the indies like aew will continue to buy talent and put them under their umbrella because one thing about tony Khan that separates him from vince mcmahon you know some pros and some cons to this is no pun intended, of course. <laughs> Tony Khan, Nick Khan. Um, there might be a conspiracy theorist there somewhere. Um, if you don't know, Nick Khan uh, works for WWE. and has been a huge driving force behind the mass releases since the pandemic to save money. So uh, if you have this big roster for AEW, they're, it's going to come to a point where you don't have enough... Programming to fit all of them in there. You have AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation on YouTube um, at the beginning of the week, but obviously you have two hours of AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights and just one hour of AEW Rampage on Friday. You don't want to overwhelm your consumer base, so I don't see them pushing Dynamite to three hours. Please don't. I, I have to sit through three hours a week of Raw. Don't, as much as I love AEW, please don't push that to three hours. I could totally see them adding a second hour to AEW Rampage. Um, that could get a little tricky, keeping it on Fridays, competing with Friday Night SmackDown. Might as well move it to Mondays if you're going to compete with a WWE programming or Tuesdays. Beat out NXT 2.0 like you beat out the black and gold NXT brand. But if they kept ROH around, this would be the perfect opportunity to provide a training ground and a true developmental system for AEW. Like you look at Danielson, you look at Punk, you look at Adam Cole, Bebe, you you look at these guys who really became superstars in Ring of Honor and honestly, like outgrew the brand ROH and they move on to other companies. They move on to Japan. They move on WWE, AEW. Like you can create the same opportunity. And obviously with the best part about this is if AEW owns ROH, once they build up those guys, they can keep them. They don't have to let them walk to WWE. They're under contract. And they're getting TV. They're getting reps as the roster grows, the roster expands, and you have a legitimate training ground. And if there's if there's anybody um, who can develop guys and build them up, like it's it's Tony Khan. It's not going to be Vince McMahon. We've seen how NXT talent have went to the main roster and just flopped and been released a month later. Like we've seen that. And it could be another thing that Tony Khan just does better and executes better than Vince McMahon um, as a developmental system. The second part to this is a video library. AEW has now bought 20 years of Ring of Honor library, something that WWE has chased. WWE wanted to purchase this video library back in 2017, 2018, Back when Triple H was mainly ahead of NXT, he wanted to buy ROH one for the video library for the WWE network, and two to get those guys in development under NXT. But Tony Khan has the video library for ROH, and it also has rights now to All In, which started AEW. And so If you have this video library, the one thing that AEW does not have as of now is a streaming service. They don't have their own streaming service. They aren't in talks with HBO Max or, you know, whatever. Obviously, they wouldn't do Peacock. That's WWE's territory right now, but streaming service to display all their pay-per-views to all their shows, some documentaries, some YouTube-like shows that they already produce. And obviously, only being around, this is their third year. Their third year in the business. Like You don't have enough video library or content to advertise. Hey, put us on. We have this content. We'll bring in viewership. We'll bring in a million or two people. They don't have that. Now, they have the quantity of the content. They have... 20 years of ROH to add on to what they're already building. And now this is a huge chess piece. They can move around the board to get on a streaming service, to build their brand even more, to bring in more people, more eyes, more viewership to their product, which is outstanding right now. Just like this Sunday is going to be outstanding for AEW. When we come back, we're going to talk AEW revolution what's in store for that, and perhaps one of the best cards in AEW history. They did it again. All that and more next. Welcome back to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Michael Davis, and... After Tony Khan's big announcement on Wednesday, two days ago, we are two days away from AEW Revolution, and I, I've I've been on record saying like how spectacular AEW All Out was back in September. It it was a great pay per view, and I was like, man, it's going to be really really difficult to top that. Um, they had AEW full gear. That was awesome. And now they have AEW Revolution this Sunday, and I'm just going to run through the card and you know see what happens here. And this is this is pretty nice. This is this is a legit card. Um, first things first tonight on AEW Rampage, there's going to be a triple threat for the TNT Championship between Sammy Guevara, champion. Uh, and then the challengers, Darby Allen and Andrade. And this Sunday, they're going to be in six man tag action. And I'm saying this first because this is, I don't understand exactly why these guys are having this match on pay per view this Sunday, other than to get them a payday. Um, but Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara are going to team up. Against Andrade, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy, and we're going to get to see Matt in action as opposed to the typical private party duo. And my my pick is Sting, Darby, and Guevara figure out a way to win this match, unless unless Sammy Guevara loses the title tonight to um, Andrade or whatever, um, and then Andrade is probably going. To, you know, get the fall. So this could go several different ways. I'm not entirely sold on this being on the pay-per-view. I feel like this could be a, this could definitely be a match on Wednesday nights or on Fridays, but give them the payday, seeing Darby Guevara win, who walks in as TNT champion. My bet is Sammy Guevara, but I would not be surprised if Andrade figures out a way to pin Darby Allen and walk in this Sunday with the TNT Championship. Uh, Moving on to a match where there's also some animosity in the inner circle right now. Obviously, Sammy Guevara not teaming up with Santana and Ortiz and Hager, but we have Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston, and a huge driving force between that is Eddie Kingston's created like a little division within the inner circle. Uh, Santana and Ortiz, obviously really close with a Kingston there. They feel like Jericho doesn't have their back, which has led to this grudge match between Jericho and Kingston. And my gut tells me Chris Jericho wins this, but the more and more I think about it, I'm I'm kind of thinking Eddie Kingston wins this. And here's why this past Wednesday on dynamite, we saw, Santana Ortiz come up to Jericho after losing the tag team Casino Battle Royal. And they were like, okay, fist bumps, we bird the hatchet, whatever, leading into Sunday. And I'm starting to think that's a little cover-up to when they turn on Jericho and help Kingston win the match. I'm still saying Jericho. I would not be surprised if Kingston wins but I'm saying Jericho probably a little biased to keep the inner circle intact. It's been a long since the start of AEW and it's been it's been an awesome group. I know Sammy Guevara's grown into his own. Who knows how long Chris Jericho will wrestle? I don't know what the deal with Jake Hager is. He's not wrestling on a consistent basis. And Santana and Ortiz need a AEW tag title run. Um I think I've talked myself into picking A. Kingston. So final answer A. Kingston, uh, this might be the end of the inner circle. And that would be a real shame. And speaking of the tag titles, in, in a triple threat match, which is a rarity in AEW right now, obviously we have the triple threat tonight for the TNT Championship, but... This Sunday, we have a triple threat for the tag team titles with the Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus defending the titles against the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. And of course, Young Bucks and Red Dragon, they're associated with Adam Cole right now. The Jurassic Express, um, newly won champions, I don't see them losing the titles uh, I, I I just don't see them losing the tiles this Sunday. What I do see happening is animosity between Red Dragon and the Bucks, costing them the opportunity to become champion. And this is when we start to see the divide in uh, what I'm going to say is the Bullet Club. Um, but it's really the elite. Adam Cole is probably going to side with Red Dragon, uh, open the door up for Kenny Omega to return, and side with the Young Bucks, and there you have it, a six-man dream match from the start of AEW and NXT with the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, formerly known as the Undisputed Era versus the Elite. That's going to put butts in seats, obviously. And speaking of a match that could put butts in seats, uh, we have Jade Cargill versus Tay Conti, not the butts and seats you want probably cause they're not staying up cause they're not really excited about this match. I'm not super excited about this match. Uh, no offense to Cargill or Conti. I just see it very one sided Jade Cargill is going to be built up as a super TBS champion. Not entirely sure who takes the title off of her. It might be one of these weird, rare triple threat matches where, uh, Jade Cargill will lose the title. But I think, I think Cargill wins, uh, Again, probably putting another payday in their bank account. Uh, Not too much to see here. What is to see is the other women's match of the evening. Thunder Rosa finally getting another opportunity at the AEW Women's Championship facing off against Dr. Britt Baker. And this is where we see the title change. Um, Dr. Britt Baker's had an incredible run as champion, and Thunder Rosa is honestly, so over with the fans. I went to Wrestlecade uh, back in November for Thanksgiving weekend and in an event with Kane and Kurt Angle and Braun Strowman, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, FTR, like the list goes on and on and on. The one line that remained consistent, Mick Foley was there, Jerry Lawler. Um, the one line that remained consistent, you would have to spend an hour there, was Thunder Rosa. that That was... That was a lie, and so Thunder Rosa, long overdue, becomes AEW Women's Champion. Uh, She came into the company during the pandemic, gotten an opportunity when NWA went on a little hiatus at the start of COVID, very much deserved right there. And uh, speaking of a very deserving opportunity, we have Wardlow, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and a mystery participant in the Face of the Revolution ladder match. And the premise of this is to get a future TNT title opportunity, which could be Darby Allin, Sammy Guevara, Andrade, who knows. Also another reason why I think Sammy Guevara retains his title tonight on Rampage. Who's that? Who's that sixth man? And I keep going back and forth, but with the news that Cesaro has quietly left WWE um, as of last week, I can't help but think that Cesaro, uh, formerly known as Claudio Cascinali, former ROH talent, is going to appear and make his AEW debut. This probably wasn't the plan, you know, as of a few weeks ago, but I feel like. The timing is right. Get Cesaro on AEW, and this is going to be the big swing. This is a talent that WWE missed on, and he's he's going to be placed right in there. And one of Cesaro's biggest advocates while he was in WWE was CM Punk with the pipe bomb. Um, CM Punk obviously wrestling Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF, in a dog collar match. This Sunday, which is going to be the biggest match of the night. That's the one I'm most looking forward to. And if you have not watched Dynamite the last four weeks, you need to go back and you need, if nothing else, to re-watch the promos of CM Punk and MJF because they have done the best promo work of their career I consider them two of the best mic talkers in the business in the last 20 years. And it's been awesome. Like from MJF beating CM Punk and coming out with this huge party parade with the Pinnacle to CM Punk asking for MJF to be his Valentine. And the following week, MJF opening up with a big sob story like, For me, this is what I've struggled with and which I believe a lot of it was true. Um, Comes back the next week and low blow CM Punk lures them into vulnerability and opening up this dog collar match. Best promo work you knew it would happen but it hasn't under delivered it's probably over delivered and I go back and forth on who I think will win. I'm putting my money on CM Punk. Obviously, gambling's not legal in North Carolina. Just want to point that out. I'm not putting actual money on this match. I'm putting my proverbial money on this match. No gambling in North Carolina, right? But CM Punk wins this match, and here's why. MJF beat CM Punk twice, so he already has bragging rights. And I think CM Punk is putting himself in position to... Go after Hangman Page and the AEW title. I think whoever wins this match will be facing Hangman or Adam Cole for the AEW title. Um, more on that later. But I feel like the direction after this match is CM Punk wins, the face wins, put it to bed, and MJS like, hey, I want to, you know, forget about CM Punk and go for the AEW world title. And we've seen this build up for months like Batista from the Evolution back in 2005 where Wardlow finally blows up, turns on MJF, or vice versa. Um, see a pinnacle beat down of Wardlow. That might actually happen. Um, and then MJF and Wardlow fight it out, and eventually MJF will get his AEW title match, but I don't think it's at double or nothing. Um, could be wrong if he wins this. Very well could be. Um, and speaking of a former AEW World Champion, we have John Moxley return on pay-per-view against Brian Danielson. They've hinted at potential tag team, um, but they have to face each other first before they tag team. I don't think this tag team happens. I just I don't see it. Um, not with Danielson or Mox's gimmick right now, unless Mox just beats the smirk off Danielson's face and you know turns him into a good guy again. I don't see that happen. This is a coin toss. Uh heads. Okay, so Danielson is heads and Mox is tails. Danielson going to win uh this Sunday would not be surprised with Mox winning. Um and then the main event. The main event which is kind of being overshadowed by MJF and CM Punk. Not going to lie, but it's going to be a five-star classic. You have Heyman Page, the guy chosen to lead the AEW brand, versus Adam Cole, the guy who was chosen to lead the NXT brand. And they're competing against each other in the main event for the AEW World Championship. This is going to be awesome. I I don't think Adam Cole wins it this early in his AEW career. I feel like Hangman wins it. It's going to be a big win for Hangman Page. It's like the rubber match between the Adams and with their history with Bullet Club and Ring of Honor, another tip of that hat with the Tony Khan purchase. I feel like Hangman Page wins this in a 35-40 minute, just awesome five-star match. Like I don't don't see my expectations being under-delivered. Like, I feel like this is going to be, you know, your awesome wrestling match. It's going to tell a great story. Maybe the Bucks come out. Maybe Red Dragon comes out. You know, start to create that divide. Who knows? But my bet is Hangman Page. So there you have it. AW Revolution this Sunday on pay per view. They're not paying me for this ad, but it's going to be awesome. When we come back uh, to wrap up the show, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. And why it was so bad. (laughs) Welcome back to the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Davis. And as we wrap up today's show, we've talked about AEW, but let's talk about Monday Night Raw. And if you did not watch Monday Night Raw, you did not miss much. I'll give you a Little snippet. AJ Styles is challenging edge at WrestleMania, not Cody Rhodes. Finn Balor won the US championship from Damian Priest, who turned full fledged heel, and Randy Hurt Orton got hurt in a botch with the Street Profits. Other than that, and that that was very small on a three hour show, this was one of the worst Monday Night Raws I have ever watched in My lifetime, I've been a fan for my lifetime. I was born during Saturday Night Wrestling, as my dad continues to point out, and it was so so bad. Like, and and give you an example, you they were just trying to fill three hours of time, and you would advertise a match. You'd go to commercial. You'd have the first guy you know, make their entrance, you do a backstage promo, not even relating to the match, you go to another commercial, come back from the commercial, you would do a vignette, and you do another backstage promo having nothing to do with the match, and as the second guy was about to make his entrance, you cut to another commercial break, and after the third commercial break, you'd finally start the match. It was bad, like historically bad, um, not to mention at the very end, AJ Styles coming out instead of Cody Rhodes when everyone was expecting Cody's return to WWE. It was AJ Styles, which that's going to be a great match for WrestleMania. Don't get me wrong, but it was a big letdown of the night. And so, we, uh, for a reminder to our viewers, you can always submit a question. Uh, just DM the Instagram, drop the mic wrestling. Uh, That's my handle on Instagram, drop the mic wrestling, M-I-K-E, as the name of the podcast is. You can always send in uh, viewer questions. And we have our very first one from Chase Parks 24. Uh, Chase Parks, what's up? Uh, His question was, what are the top three things Vince needs to do to make Raw great again? And obviously, three hours is a lot. I would personally say cut to two hours, but I'm not, I'm not oblivious to the fact that you're going to make more money from a three hour show than a two hour show. And so what can you do to make Raw great again and watchable? I just want it watchable. I don't even need it great. I just need it decent and to make sense. And for it to make sense, the first thing you need to do is have consistent storylines, like write in advance. There's so many times I'll get on tuesday afternoons and look at a wrestling news site and see oh they changed the script hours before the show or even while the show was going on they're rewriting the script can you like just see the issue with that like you're not going to get anyone invested in the storylines you could you know go And end the show one week and be like, hey, this match is going to happen, this match is going to happen, and come back the next week and it not. And that's so frustrating for a viewer. Like, I just invested three hours of my life into your show and looking forward to a match next week or looking forward to a storyline continuing or finally for Veer to come. Apparently Veer is coming, according to WWE, for the last four months. But they never deliver the next week and it's so hard, especially during WrestleMania season. Like they haven't even gotten WrestleMania like finish and it's next month. Like you're supposed to know the WrestleMania matches a month in advance. And we know of maybe four. And it's it's so bad because with AEW You're seeing them progress, and you know where the storyline's going. You know that it builds on each other like a story. And Raw isn't a great storytelling program right now. And for you to have consistency with your storylines, number two, you're going to have to have consistency with your roster. Do not fire everyone, okay? Please keep your talent. It is so frustrating as a wrestling fan getting invested in talent like Karrion Cross, like Keith Lee, and so many others, like Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, people who are in your main event scene, to be released on a random Tuesday. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. Okay, so if you're wanting me to get invested in the storylines, you're gonna have to, you know, get me invested in wrestlers and keep them. Also, it doesn't help that your show is three hours long and now you don't have enough bodies to cover three hours worth of programming. So you're resorting to, let's take three commercial breaks between the first entrance and the second entrance. Um, and then third, lastly, you need memorable moments. I, If you look back at the vault between the Monday Night Wars and everything, you see historic memorable moments on Monday Night Raw. Austin, Mike Tyson, having that confrontation Stone Cold stunning Vince McMahon happened on a Monday Night Raw. Stone Cold bringing in the beer truck. And then Angle bringing in the milk truck. All of this happened on Raw, on weekly programming. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I tuned in because I didn't have to see it on social media. I saw it myself. I saw it on my TV screen live. And that's what Vince needs to attract is live viewership. If I can read what happened on dirt sheets the next day that's what a lot of wrestling fans are going to do because they're like i can use my three hours so much wiser or they'll watch the shortened version on hulu or they'll skip 90 percent of the show because it doesn't make any sense or doesn't is it memorable like i'm not going to remember what they're doing on raw a month from now other than it was bad like, and they had that opportunity with Cody uh, this past Monday. But the last memory I have of Raw delivering a memorable moment in the last 10 years on Raw maybe was Shane McMahon coming back. And you can't go that long without a memorable moment when AEW, your competition, is doing it pretty much like once a month. So that's... That's how you can make Raw great again. Consistency with your storylines. Consistency with your roster. Don't fire everyone. And I need a memorable moment I'm going to tell my kids about or talk about at work the next day with my coworkers. So Raw, Vince McMahon, do better, because AEW is on their heels. They just acquired ROH, and they're going to have a great pay-per-view this Sunday, AEW Revolution. I'm super pumped for it, super excited for it. And that is it for the Drop the Mic Wrestling Podcast this week. Again, I am your host, Michael Davis, and we'll catch you next time.